Hollywood Romances. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Written and narrated by Brad Carty. The affair continued after the film ended. At one point, Mayo Methot telephoned Bacall and screamed, Listen, you Jewish bitch, who's going to wash his socks? Are you? Bogart eventually got a divorce from Methot, and he and Bacall married on May 21, 1945, at a friend's farmhouse in Ohio. He was 46 years old. She was 20. It was her first marriage, Bogart's fourth. Considering the age difference and Bogart's troubled history as a husband, few people thought it would last. In fact, it became one of Hollywood's greatest love stories. The press referred to, quote, Langerous Lauren Bacall and Merchant of Menace Humphrey Bogart, end quote. The fan magazines were besotted with the couple and loved to feature them in photo spreads taken in their house, on Bogart's yacht, and with their children. The theme was always the same. The cynical tough guy, with three failed marriages behind him, had finally found happiness with his beautiful child bride. At the same time, the unknown model had been plucked from obscurity, signed to a Hollywood contract, and swept off her feet by one of the world's biggest movie stars. It was simultaneously every man's dream and every woman's dream come true. Bogart and Bacall worked together three more times, in The Big Sleep, again directed by Howard Hawks, Dark Passage, and Key Largo, directed by John Huston. For the most part, however, Lauren Bacall stayed home and tended to her children by Bogart. Stephen, named after his father's character in To Have and Have Not, and daughter Leslie, named after Leslie Howard, who had given Bogart his big break in Hollywood. After marrying three actresses unsuccessfully, Bogart was wary of his fourth wife putting career before family, and so her roles were fewer during the marriage than would be expected from such a movie star. In addition to raising a family and sailing on Bogart's yacht, the couple entertained a small group of friends that became known as the Holmby Hills Rat Pack, Holmby Hills being their Los Angeles neighborhood. These friends included David Niven, Frank Sinatra, Spencer Tracy, and Judy Garland. These evenings featured a lot of heavy drinking, although Bacall always insisted that Bogart was not actually an alcoholic. In 1947, during the McCarthy era of anti-communist blacklists and the imprisonment of the so-called Hollywood Ten, Bogart and Bacall traveled to Washington, D.C. to support free speech and to protest against the House Un-American Activities Committee. The two movie stars also campaigned for Democratic candidate Adelaide Stevenson in the 1952 presidential election. In 1951, Bogart and Katharine Hepburn starred in The African Queen, written and directed by his old friend and colleague John Huston. The movie was filmed on location in the Congo, and Bacall traveled to Africa along with the cast and crew to help her husband out. The filming was arduous, but it resulted in Humphrey Bogart winning his first and only Academy Award as Best Actor. Finally secure in his professional and personal life, 
Humphrey Bogart began to seek out more challenging roles that would show other sides of his talent. He played a hobo in South America who becomes crazed with paranoia in John Huston's The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. He was the Navy captain whose suspicions drove him to collapse and madness in the Kane Mutiny. He was even a debonair romantic businessman who romances Audrey Hepburn in Billy Wilder's Sabrina. His years of playing gangsters were almost behind him, although he did turn in one more terrifying performance as a Duke Mantee-like escaped convict who holds a family hostage in their home in The Desperate Hours. Although she limited her acting during this period, Lauren Bacall still managed to make Designing Woman with Gregory Peck, Written on the Wind with Rock Hudson, and How to Marry a Millionaire with Marilyn Monroe. In the late 1950s, Humphrey Bogart developed esophageal cancer, a particularly painful form of the disease. Bacall stopped making films in order to nurse him, but the cancer reduced him to a near skeletal weight. Right until the end, Bogart would welcome friends to his home. He'd be helped into a chair by Betty, given a drink, and would greet his guests with a big smile as they entered the living room. He eventually died on January 14, 1957, at the age of 57. Soon after his funeral, Rat Pack member Frank Sinatra began courting Bogart's young widow. She was receptive, and eventually Sinatra proposed marriage, which Bacall accepted. Not long after, however, the Hollywood agent Irving Swifty Lazar leaked the news of the engagement to gossip columnists. Sinatra was enraged and accused Bacall of revealing the news. Despite her denials, Sinatra broke off the engagement, and the two never spoke again, even when they were in the same room at the same events. As Bacall put it in her autobiography, Frank was a complete shit. Now a widow with two children at the age of 32, Lauren Bacall began working in films again. She had moved back to her hometown of New York City, buying an apartment in the landmark Dakota building that she lived in for the rest of her life, with such neighbors as Roberta Flack, Leonard Bernstein, and John Lennon and Yoko Ono. She also began a new romance with the actor Jason Robards. Robards was a celebrated interpreter of the plays of Eugene O'Neill, having starred in The Iceman Cometh, and Long Day's Journey into Night on stage in the 1950s. Both were landmark productions that caused critics to reevaluate O'Neill. Robards would continue to star in O'Neill plays for the rest of his life. His screen career was less successful in the early 1960s, but he continued to work regularly in the New York theater. Bacall and Robards became romantically involved, got married in 1961, and had a son, Sam Robards, who was also an actor. Unfortunately, there was a major problem in the Bacall-Robards marriage, Jason Robards' alcoholism. Unlike Bogart, Robards didn't become surly or combative when drinking. In fact, it was the opposite. He was prone to get drunk in bars after a Broadway performance and invite strangers he'd met to come back home with him to the Dakota to continue the party complete with songs Robards would play on the piano. This would inevitably cause a very unhappy Lauren Bacall to emerge from the bedroom and admonish the guests with, Don't you realize he has a matinee tomorrow? The marriage lasted for eight years, but ultimately failed when Robards could not or would not embrace sobriety. 
At this point, Lauren Bacall was 45 years old and no longer a Hollywood starlet. She decided to focus on the theater, and this is where she achieved her greatest late-life success. She played supporting roles in Goodbye Charlie and Cactus Flower in 1959 and 1965, respectively. However, it was a musical version of a film starring her idol, Betty Davis, that made her a Broadway star. Adapted from All About Eve, the musical Applause gave Bacall a starring role that earned her a Tony for Best Actress in a Musical. The show ran for nearly 900 performances, during which Bacall developed a romantic relationship with her leading man, Canadian actor Len Cariou. When later asked if he was worried about following in Humphrey Bogart's footsteps, he replied, It wasn't his footsteps I was worried about. Having succeeded in one musical based on a classic film, Bacall followed it with another, Woman of the Year, based on the first Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy movie. Her co-star was actor Harry Guardino. True to form, they began a romantic relationship. Woman of the Year won Bacall her second Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical. The show ran for 770 performances through 1983. Throughout the 1980s and 1990s, Bacall was seen in a variety of films as a supporting actress, including opposite John Wayne in The Shootist and as James Kahn's agent in Misery. In 1996, Barbara Streisand cast Bacall as her mother in The Mirror Has Two Faces, which Streisand also directed. At 72, she received her first Oscar nomination for the film as Best Supporting Actress. She lost, although she had earlier won the Golden Globe Award in the same category. Bacall also struck up a rewarding association with renegade director Robert Altman, who cast her in his films Health and Pret-a-Porter. She followed this with an appearance as part of an all-star cast in Lars von Trier's experimental film Dogville. She even began appearing in commercials for products ranging from jewelry to coffee and cat food. Her final Broadway appearance was in Noel Coward's Waiting in the Wings in 1999. Lauren Bacall was often unsettled by the fascination people had about her marriage to Humphrey Bogart. Although she referred to it as her one great marriage, it only lasted for a dozen years. She lived beyond Bogey from age 32 to 89 when she died on August 12, 2014. Her second marriage to Jason Robards and her various romances with co-stars in the decades that followed are usually forgotten. She was, and always will be, Bogart's woman in the eyes of many film fans. This same obsession by the Bogart cult has also affected her children, particularly Steve, who bears a striking resemblance to his late father. When Lauren Bacall was awarded an Honorary Academy Award in 2009, she appeared before the press with her three children, and all the questions were about Humphrey Bogart, which upset Bacall very much, since Sam Robards and his father were being ignored completely. My obit is going to be full of Bogart, I'm sure, she said in an interview in 2011. She wasn't wrong. Hollywood Romances Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall Written and narrated by Brad Carty <laughs>